Welcome to the Pursue of Bliss podcast. My name is Kristen. I'm a self-professed health, spirituality, and mindset junkie. You know that blissful happiness you feel when you're just at peace with yourself, living fully in the present moment? That's the feeling I believe we are all in the pursuit of. And I want to help you get one step closer by up-leveling your health, mindset, and love for yourself. Because that lasting and blissful happiness can only be found and created within. So get ready for all things mindset, holistic health, and spirituality. I hope this serves you. Welcome back to the Pursuit of Bliss podcast. This is the first episode I am recording in 2023, and I actually decided to share with you some of the biggest lessons I learned in 2022 because I feel like 2022 up until this point has been the most transformational year of my entire life, and I could probably say this every year. If I went back every single year, I think each year has been double the transformation of the one prior. So I'm going to share with you some of my biggest lessons, some of them surprising lessons that I did not think I was going to be initiated into. But before I do, one thing that just felt important to share, because if you go on Instagram for more than 10 seconds around this time period I'm recording this, today is, I think, the 2nd of January the 3rd of January. Anyway, if you go on Instagram for more than 10 seconds, you're most likely bombarded with stories and posts and reels of highlights of people's 2022 and uh, all of these grand visions and goals and commitments and resolutions for 2023. And I just want you to know that you are not alone and there's nothing wrong with you if you're feeling a lot of pressure and anxiety right now. And you're not alone and there's also nothing wrong with you if you don't have enough fancy travel videos or achievements on paper to create a reel about to share with the world. If your biggest achievement in 2022 was surviving, making it through, that is big enough and that is a worthwhile achievement because sometimes the biggest and deepest transformations, the ones that are actually preparing us for the miracles that are greater than we could even think to ask for, are the ones don't that don't look big and grand. Those kinds of transformations, they aren't glamorous. They don't look pretty in a reel on Instagram. They can't be described in a few slides. Sometimes those transformations, the moments that really change our lives forever, the ones that open us up to attract everything that's meant for us, sometimes they feel excruciatingly painful. Sometimes they feel like just an absolute chaotic mess. For a lot of us, 2022 was an initiation. For a lot of us, 2022 cracked us open, cracked our hearts wide open. For a lot of us, 2022 was the year that we did the most deep generational ancestral healing for our lineage. For a lot of us, 2022 was the year that we transmuted and integrated a lot of our own personal trauma. For a lot of us, 2022 was the year that we witnessed parts of ourselves that we were disgusted by or hated. And 2022 was also the year that we learned to accept and love those parts of us, to come back into wholeness with ourselves. For a lot of us, 2022 was year of the lowest lows we've ever experienced. For a lot of us, 2022 was the year that we felt the most lost we've ever felt in our entire lives. 2022 might have been the year you questioned everything. You questioned everything about yourself and who you are and where you're going. 2022 might have been the year that made you feel like you were the only one in the world who doesn't have your shit together. And I just want to affirm to you that none of us know what we are doing. Not one of us. But a lot of us are really damn good at pretending that we do. And I just want you to know that if any of that resonated or felt true for your 2022, all of that is sacred and all of it is meaningful. And just because it doesn't fit in a glamorous reel for Instagram doesn't mean that it was less worthy of a year than anyone else's. 
And to be honest, when I think back on 2022, I had a lot of glamorous moments. I had a lot of high highs, a lot of, I had a lot of real worthy Instagrammable moments. But when I think back to 2022, what sticks out were none, none of those moments. That's not what comes to mind. The moments that come to mind are the moments where I was at my lowest, but I was held by the woman who loved me deeply when I was just in the arms of my sisterhood. The moments where I was at my lowest and that brought me closer to God. The moments when I was at my lowest and I was able to, for the first time, fully accept and love those parts of myself. The moments when I was at my lowest and I decided once and for all that something needed to shift that I was not going to be in this karmic pattern anymore, that I was ready to break this generational karmic pattern or curse or trauma, whatever you want to call that stuff. The moments I remember, the ones that really stick out are the ones that meant the most because energetically they did the most. The most worthwhile moments were the ones that at first felt like I was shattering into a million pieces. But really what they were, they were opportunities. Right? Like I intended and asked and prayed and hoped and envisioned for the kind of life that I desired. And I wanted, you know, like we all do, effortless attraction and ease, right? We all want another level of that to be able to just rest into ourselves, to soften into ourselves. And God was like, all right, Kristen, of course you can have that. And he reached inside my chest and ripped my heart open because sometimes that's what it takes. Be careful what you ask for. And if you listen to my void series, you know a lot of the pain I experienced in 2022, but on the other side of that were also feelings of contentment and lightness that I've never experienced. And I am so proud of the way I navigated the lows and the pain and the darkness in 2022 so proud and I can truly say that I've never had the kind of love that I am currently feeling for myself right now in my entire life and it took me going to the deepest darkest parts of myself to get here to be embodied in this kind of love and openness and receptivity so your pain is sacred your struggles are sacred your challenges were sacred all of it was sacred And another reminder, if you're feeling pressure right now to make all of the changes and implement a hundred new habits and, you know, eat healthier and and quit sugar and quit alcohol and quit coffee and, and quit working so hard. And you probably have a list of a million things that you want to change in the new year. And if that all just feels like too much, I want to give you permission to not have to make all of the changes. Life changes don't happen in the grand ways. They happen in the small ways. They happen in the small, silent, invisible moments when we choose to no longer abandon ourselves for any reason, even for a goal that seems healthy. We no longer abandon our inner child. We no longer abandon our bodies. We no longer abandon the truth of our hearts in the name of achieving anything outside of ourselves. And honestly, right now, we're in a kind of communal, collective winter. Almost like a collective death portal right now. And so a lot of us are feeling this urge to rest more, to sleep more, to relax more. That's not on accident. This is a time to go inward, to be with ourselves, to rest more, to listen to our bodies. It's actually not natural or innate for us to be hustling and rushing and implementing tons of new habits and routines right now. But that's kind of what society has programmed us and conditioned us to believe that the new year is a time to hustle and make shit happen and add all the new routines and habits and implementations into your life. And if you don't do that, well, you're behind and your life's not going to change like everyone else's on Instagram is in 2023. I just want to call bullshit. And give you permission to breathe, like take a deep breath and breathe the pressure off of your shoulders. Just being is enough. Just more presence with yourself is enough. 
And yes, it's important for us to, you know, take charge of our lives to a certain extent, but you also do not need to take full charge of every single thing in your life. There are some things that just need to be surrendered to God. We don't need to force healing or all of the healthy things that we think is best for us. Life is your guide on your healing journey. And when you are ready to shift something, life will make it known to you. That doesn't mean don't make goals or implement something right now. But I just want to remind you that if you're not making a foolproof plan to change your life in 2023 right now, that's okay. You're not behind. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not going to fuck up your entire life. Sometimes the biggest achievement is resting when the entire world is screaming at you to go, 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 go. And oftentimes that is the most energetically productive thing you could ever do. Because forcing yourself in all of this action when it's not actually in integrity with your heart, it's not actually in alignment with your soul, with what, with your body, it might seem outwardly productive on paper, but energetically it's the opposite. Energetically, it's pulling backward from where you want to be. Slow down to speed up. And that was probably one of the biggest lessons I learned in 2022. Slow down to speed up. I had this thought the other day, and we'll just go into the lessons now. We'll make this lesson number one. I had this thought the other day when I was on a walk and I was feeling this old pressure to start hustling in my business again, to start scaling and making a ton more money and I was thinking about it and because I know better than to do that, that's not in alignment with my soul. I want slowness. I want alignment. I want full integrity with my heart. And that's not going to happen if I start racing. But I was thinking about that and how so many people get caught up in this for their entire lives and just this rat race and everyone, you know, they come into coaching to escape the rat race, but they're actually still in it racing to make the most money that they can, racing to be where the other coaches they see on Instagram making more money than them. And I was thinking about it. I was like, well, you know, if I'm not willing to join this rat race, it might be that I never make the millions of dollars that the other people do. But what is it worth to have a bank account of millions if I have an internal world that is collapsing because that's what it takes sometimes. I see so many people abandoning their truth, abandoning their hearts, abandoning their souls, abandoning their relationship to God, the divine, all in the name of, of achieving and manifesting the next best thing in their life. And money is just one example, but it's the most common one. But in order to do that, you must sacrifice your inner world. It will collapse in on you. Because anything that is not in integrity with your heart is going to be treated in your unconscious as abandonment and betrayal to your inner child. It's also teaching your unconscious and your inner child and your body that your own true desires can't be trusted. And they're worthy of being bypassed in the name of achievement. So discernment was a big, big lesson for me is to be very discerning in who I allow my energy around, who I pour my energy into, who I listen to, whose words I read and trust, the mentors that I pay for and hire, the friends I allow in my inner circle. I no longer hire coaches ever because of what their life looks like or how much money they make ever. I hire them based on their embodiment. I want to know not how much money they're making or how much traveling they're doing or no, I don't care. I want to know the state of their internal world. Is it collapsing or is it expanding? Are they internally suffocating or are they open? Are they receptive and able to receive or are they closed off? And trying to control life behind the scenes to get what they desire. So within this lesson of discernment and slowing down to speed up is also the lesson of 
truly nothing else matters as much as the state of your internal world, your relationship to yourself, and your union with God. Nothing. You can have every single thing you have ever wanted, and you will feel empty in that life if your internal world is collapsing. Of course, once the dopamine highs wear off, there is no greater investment in the entire world than investing in yourself and your internal world. And I don't just mean that financially. I do mean it financially, but I also mean it in terms of time, in terms of energy, in terms of emotional capacity and effort. There is no greater investment than an investment in your internal world. And I think one of the best decisions I made in 2022 was to end my string of high-end business mentors that I was always paying or working with. I stopped that and I instead poured myself, my resources, my finances, my time, my energy into mentors focused around embodiment and love and healing my relationship with the masculine and coming back home to myself and to God and to my feminine core and opening my heart really in my capacity to love and to be loved and to receive love because I've realized that there is nothing more worthy of our devotion in this on this planet than love nothing and i've also realized that the more i do this deeper embodiment work and focus on my heart rather than on the external things i want to attract or achieve or manifest the easier it is to actually effortlessly attract the things that are meant for me because really attraction is 90% embodiment and 10% if that strategy, but so many people focus on the strategy on the, how do I do this? Give me the five step plan. Let me make the manifestation list. Let me script it. Let me hire the best business coach out there. And I'm not saying there's not a time and a place for strategies because they do matter. But most people are focused 90% on strategies and 10% on embodiment. That's why we have a very unhappy society and world. Okay. That was a long lesson. Number one. I think there were a few lessons tied in there, but we'll just call that number one. All right. Lesson number two in 2022 that really landed on a deeper level than ever has is every time I didn't get what I wanted, it was a blessing, a gift, an opportunity every single time, because there were some big, massive disappointments in the first half of 2022 where I did not get what I wanted at all. And looking back right now, I am, I couldn't be more grateful. If I had gotten what I wanted, I wouldn't be where I am now. I would be so tied to things that actually aren't aligned with me, but I didn't realize at the time I would have so much more stress and chaos and anxiety in my life right now. But in the moment, it just felt like disappointment. A closed door is a gift. A closed door always means that there is another door opening, but you have to be willing to see it. You have to be willing to play with the notion or concept that there could be something else. Even though it feels right now that there is nothing else that can make you happier than this thing that you really want, even though it fell through, can you just play with the idea that maybe there could be something you can't imagine that could actually be better for you because I'm so grateful that in each of those moments, I let the thing person or experience or place go as challenging as it was. And it was excruciating to let go of things, experiences, places, and people and dreams and visions and goals that I thought were meant for me. And I thought were meant to last forever. And that leads me into the next lesson, which really ties into that one. And that is that some people are meant to be in your life for a season. You can't take everyone with you where you're going and we cannot force people to change. And love is the bare minimum for someone to be in our lives. It can be so easy to keep people around that are holding us back or who just don't serve our highest potential. 
anymore because they love us or we love them unconditionally. But love isn't enough. Love is the baseline. It's the bare minimum. And sometimes the most loving thing you could ever do for someone is to let them go rather than attempt to change them. Trying to change someone never changes someone. Ever. In fact, it usually pushes them further in the opposite direction. However, focusing on changing yourself and creating stronger boundaries so you no longer feel the desperate need to change someone actually often miraculously leads to the changes that we were trying to get in the first place. And this, I'm just going to tie this lesson on because it leads into that one is stop trying to be someone you are not to get someone else to be someone that they cannot. Stop filtering or shifting the way you show up to try to get someone to show up the way you desire them to show up when they don't have the capacity to. It's covert and subconscious manipulation. And it always ends in us feeling more abandoned, more betrayed, more rejected. There are so many ways we try to change people. And we say, no, I'm not trying to change them. But then we shift the way we communicate or we shift the way we show up or we filter something or we pretend to be someone we're not in the hope that that will encourage them to show up as a person we want them to be. Every single person that you love is worthy of your unconditional love. Are you able to accept those people exactly as they are? You can still desire them to change, but can you accept and love them exactly as they are without trying to change them? Because that love will change them more than anything else you could ever give them. No more abandoning ourselves and the name of trying to receive something from someone else or change someone else. Okay, what am I on now? Four? I know I'm going to end up getting these numbers wrong or skipping one, but I think I'm on lesson four. So lesson four. Old patterns show up so you can bring them back home to love. Sometimes I see all the time old patterns show up and we're like, wait, I thought I already dealt with this. I thought I healed it. What is happening? Am I regressing? But oftentimes when we think we quote unquote healed something, what we did was we might have, you know, integrated a part of it or we learned ways to shift that habit, etc. But we may maybe never actually brought it fully back into acceptance. We never fully integrate it into us with love. Oftentimes we might quote unquote heal something from a place of this like, ugh, this part of me, it's so ugh, I need to fix it. I need to get rid of it. I need to whatever. And maybe you were successful in some capacity, but that part of you wants to be witnessed, to be accepted, to be loved. It doesn't care about being fixed or changed or pushed away. It wants love. Always, all parts of you want love. And so it's not coming back because you did something wrong or you're regressing. It's coming back because it's time. It's coming back because it's time to bring it back to love within yourself. It's coming back up because now your body knows that you now have the capacity that you didn't have before and the strength and the courage to face this part of you with love. So sometimes when old patterns come up and it feels icky, it's actually a sign of how far we've come and how much we've grown because it means that God knows, our soul knows, our body knows that we're ready. We're ready to reintegrate this part of us with love. Okay, lesson number five. When we find ourselves overthinking, we are 99.9% of the time protecting ourselves from overfeeling. Overthinking is a protection mechanism to keep us in our mind because when we are in our mind thinking, 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 we can't be present in our bodies. And if we're not present and grounded in our bodies, it's not possible for us to feel what is present in our bodies. The sensation, the emotion, the feeling, whatever it might be. So when you find yourself overthinking something or thinking yourself in circles, trying to find a solution, remind yourself that one, the solution already exists. It's not your job to find it or to think your way there. And two, I want you to ask yourself, what am I avoiding feeling right now? 
and am I willing to open myself to this sensation, even just 5%? Okay, lesson number, what am I on, six? Six, I think I've mentioned this one before, but this one's huge. Stop trying to feel like yourself again. She's gone. You'll never feel like her again. To get to the next era of your life, wherever you want to be or wherever you're meant to be, it means grieving, letting go, letting old parts of ourselves die. And when we come out the other side, there's going to be a time period where you don't know who you are and you feel uncomfortable because you're used to knowing who you are. And humans are very uncomfortable in the unknown. And it is also the most uncomfortable to not know who we are because we no longer have a template for how to act, how to feel, how to show up, how to be. But this is actually the best place to be. Not knowing who you are means you are no longer tied to a template or a way of being in ways that you were energetically tied or attached before. But if you're constantly trying to find that old version of you to feel like yourself again, you're trying to do the things that used to feel good, you're trying to uh, be around the people that used to feel right, you're trying to show up in the ways that you used to, your new life, the new era you're stepping into is not going to be aligned with the old. Some of it, but it's going to have to shift to be with where you are now. And so if you try to cling to the old versions of you, the old parts of your life, even when it doesn't feel fully right, chaos will ensue. Whatever you try to cling to, to drag with you into the next era that is not meant to come with you is going to fight. And what is this now? Lesson six, seven. I'm already losing the numbers. I should just not use the numbers the next lesson I want to share is if you have to fight to keep something in your life, whether it's a thing, an experience, a career, a person, a place, anything, if you have to fight tirelessly to keep something in your life, it is not meant to stay. And that doesn't mean that it's going to leave forever. Maybe it is meant to be in your life, but it needs its space to shift first and come back. Or maybe there's something else. But as long as you are cling, clinging to something that right now you are fighting to keep, you are blocking and not allowing yourself to create the space for the miracles that are trying to come in. We have to create spaciousness in our life to be able to receive whatever is meant for us. So what are you clinging to that has expired in your life? because you're afraid of the pain of letting go. Just a question. Okay, I'm officially done with the numbers. I have no idea what, what number I'm on, if I'm on like seven or eight, or I have no idea. So anyways, I'm just going to throw these at you, and they're not going to be numbered. Sisterhood is everything, and I just got chills. Sisterhood is everything. Surrounding yourself with women high-value women who honor themselves, who honor God, who are in union with themselves or in union with God, who see the best in you, who are able and capable and, and willing to reflect back to your truth when you forget it. I think there is close to nothing as powerful as women coming together in love and faith in devotion with a similar vision and it was women who saved my life in 2022 who changed my life who touched my life in the deepest way it's ever been touched I am a different person because of the woman in my life in 2022 and I'm so deeply grateful. It's time to come back together in sisterhood to heal our wounds and distress and abandonment fears with the masculine, with men, with God together. To 
be able to open our hearts and soften back into our core, the essence of our being. It's another lesson I learned is that I don't want to do it all on my own. I don't want to be the boss babe, CEO, strong, independent woman. Like I just, I'm not interested. It's fun. It feels like a fun legacy and, you know, it's a cool reputation to have, but it doesn't feel right in my body. I'm more interested in being able to have the spaciousness to rest and relax and be playful and create art. And yes, of course, work. I still love this work that I do, but no more of the pressure. I want to be able to soften, to be open up to receive rather than forcefully trying to manipulate reality to get it to bend to my will. I no longer need reality to bend to my will because I have been very clearly shown and humbled this year that my will is not the highest will or best will for my life. And it's almost like God allowed me to get to a point where I had actually attracted or manifested all the things that I wanted and I lived out my own will in my life and then realized that it wasn't right for me in a very difficult, challenging way. It was like, it's like being on this train that's just flying along and it's so fun and and suddenly you just slam into a wall of bricks out of nowhere. That's what it felt like. And I think that God kind of allowed me to follow that path to just, he kind of stayed out of the way and I followed my own will and bent reality to my will because he wanted me to learn it in this deeply embodied way. I almost had to experience that to be able to fully surrender and fully trust him and to be able to share my story so that you don't have to go through what I went through because that's what led me into my void. If you've listened to that, I know a lot of you have my, my void series. And if you haven't, I recommend you listen to it. It's just a few episodes back. It's a four-part four podcast series, mini-series. God's will over my will. And something else I've also, I guess another lesson I've learned is that integrity comes before everything, before reputation, before money, before legacy, before anything and everything. There are so many people out there I kind of mentioned this, we're abandoning, and I've done this in my life, abandoning my truth, my heart, myself, in the name of receiving something or in the name of manifesting more money or leaving a legacy or having some kind of like good reputation or being perceived as a good person. I'm now in a place where Integrity to myself and my heart and what feels true and right to me comes over everything. I am the only authority in my life. And if that means that any other part of my life has to suffer, so be it. That means that I lose friends, I lose followers, I lose money, I lose the my shot at a massive legacy, so be it. I am unwilling to abandon myself or the truth of my heart anymore for any reason. And in line with that, with the concept that I am the only authority in my life, of course, God, but I mean on this planet, right? Physical. Something I've learned about my evolving relationship with God this year and and working through a lot of distrust around God to even feel safe to use the word God again is that I am the one who knows best when it comes to my relationship with God. I am the authority in my life when it comes to my relationship with God, what that looks like, my understanding of him. There is no person, no book, no pastor, no priest, no mentor, no coach, no human being, no human creation, no human writing that can tell me or override the truth of my heart period. And I believe the same for you. I think a lot of people have such distrust for themselves that they're so eager to find someone to tell them what to believe. And this creates the pedestaling of coaches and mentors and people almost treating them like religious figures, just so thirsty for anything that they say and believing everything immediately. And you see the same thing with in religion, 
The same thing happens in spirituality. The same thing happens in religion. No more abandoning the truth of your heart in the name of anyone or anything. You are the authority in your life when it comes to your relationship to the divine. For me, that's God. And I get to decide what that looks like, what that feels like, what it means to me, how it gets to be displayed, and exactly what I choose to believe. And my beliefs do not do not line up with any religion, with any specific person I've ever met. I follow only the truth in my heart, and that has not led me wrong yet. Okay, another big lesson I learned in 22 is that abundance equals more of you. Abundance is not just feeling good about money or thinking positive thoughts about money or tipping more. Those are almost surface level examples of abundance. True abundance means more of you. It requires more of you. And there gets to a point where that money stuff just doesn't work anymore. It might work a little bit but it stops. You're not going to be able to keep attracting the abundance you desire. And abundance is not just money. It's just the example I'm using. If you are still filtering, abandoning, betraying, hiding, repressing parts of yourself, the more you free and unleash the repressed, hidden, judged, shamed parts of yourself, the more open you become, the more integrated you become, the more you are able to unleash the radiance that is naturally in your heart as those walls come down, the more you are able to receive abundance, to receive inspired ideas, to tap into your intuition. Abundance is not more money, more positive thoughts. It's not a mindset. It's not a way of being. It's not an energy. It's simply more of you. In what ways are you dimming your light? Unwilling to share your voice. Shifting your expression to make sure you're not rejected. This is your calling in the next era. No more filtering your expression for anything outside of you. God wants all of you. All of you, exactly as you are. All of you is worthy of being shared. That is abundance. The acceptance of all parts of us. Sharing the parts of us that we're scared to share, that is a courageous and transformational act of self-love. Another lesson, and I've learned this one every year, but this year it hit home in a deeper way. We are not meant to walk this path alone. Just because you can do it alone does not mean you should. This year I went so deep in mentorship in sisterhood, I went deeper in the relationships around me. I had the deepest support I've ever received in my life. And I am convinced that we were put on this planet to support each other, to walk each other through these journeys. There is some work that you just cannot do on your own. There are some experiences and, and traumas and whatever's there that, that are simply too painful to manage on our own, to feel on our own, to move through on our own. We're not meant to do this alone. And that has become more and more and more and more apparent to me as the year has gone on. Just because you think you can do it on your own, or just because you feel like you should prove to someone that you can do it on your own, (laughs) doesn't mean that you're meant to do it on your own. Okay, next lesson. You can have everything you want, but not always in the way you want it. Be careful what you ask for. (laughs) Hold on to the feeling of what you desire, but let go of the details, the plan, even the image of what it is, and just hold on to the feeling. Getting stuck on what you want to manifest can actually hinder what is meant for you from showing up. Tunnel vision is a hindrance. It's okay to have a plan, but hold on to it loosely. Let it just be there without attaching yourself to it. 
All right, next lesson. I kind of mentioned a part of this, but you must give up your old life for your new one. You must. You must let go of something for your new life to have space to come through. And on that note, missing a person, place, thing, experience, or anything does not mean that it's meant to be a part of your life. Reaching back for things that may not be aligned with us just because we miss them is another way to simply numb out the pain of grieving. Grieving is a necessary process in the rebirth and shifting into your new reality, into the new era of your life, into the miracles that are waiting for you. But if you are unwilling to hold the grief, you will find yourself going back to the things that you know are not aligned when you miss them. Are you willing to face and move through your own grief? Are you willing to face the void? Are you willing to be within your own void? And something I've learned about the void is everyone wants to know how do I get through the void? When do I know it's over? The void passes. If I were to give a brief summary, the void passes when you one, surrender to it. Two, grieve the death or the loss of whatever you're leaving behind because something must be left behind. And three, make the change in your life. You are no longer a match for the life you had before the void. What needs to be shifted, left behind, dissolved? What is expired? What is calling you that you've been ignoring because it feels too uncomfortable? When the void tends to last on and on and on, it's almost always because you're unwilling to listen to whatever God has placed on your heart because of the fear of what he's asking of you. That leads me into the next lesson, which is you can always hear what God is, is asking of you. Sometimes you just don't want to hear, and this happens to all of us, myself included. You already know the next step. It's just a matter of feeling safe enough to take it. And if you're like, what, Kristen? No, I don't hear any truth. I don't know anything. Stop suffocating your problems. If you're trying to find a solution, stop suffocating it. The solution already exists. Give the problem spaciousness. When we suffocate our problems, we're coming from this place of distrust, of I need to solve this for myself. I need to take charge. I need to figure this out out or no one else will. Right? That's conditioning that comes from childhood for a lot of us. If I don't protect myself, if I don't figure things out on my own, if I don't take control, no one else will. There's no one here to help me. But you don't need to be the one doing that anymore. God's here. You can surrender some of that. You don't need to suffocate your problems anymore. The solution already exists. But if you're already taking the lead, there is not room for anyone else to take the lead, even if you want them to. Even if you're so tired and exhausted and burnt out and you're tired of this and you want to rest and lean back and surrender, it will not be possible for you to be led, whether it be by a human man, by God, by anyone, unless you're willing to give up the reins yourself. Instead of suffocating your problems, instead, try taking a step back and giving it spaciousness. And it's okay to have doubt. Doubt doesn't mean that you don't have faith. Let your doubt bring you closer to God. Which leads me into the next lesson, which is every single obstacle in your life is guiding you back to God. Every single one. Are you allowing it to? Or are you using your obstacles as an excuse to take even more control over your life again? To tighten your grip on the reins? To add more weight to your shoulders? You don't need to hold that weight anymore. Okay, next lesson. The parts of yourself that you are the most ashamed about, the parts that feel the most broken, they are actually your superpowers. Your ability to accept, witness, and love the parts of yourself that you're the most ashamed of is one of the most powerful gifts you could ever give yourself. 
bringing those parts of you back into wholeness, integrating them fully. When we hide what we consider to be our brokenness, we teach ourselves that we're not worthy of unconditional love. We reaffirm to ourselves that only parts of ourselves are worthy of receiving love. And, you know, the other thing is people need to see these parts of ourselves. One of the biggest things I've learned this year from talking to so many of you, especially on my stories when I do Q&As, is that when you know you aren't alone, it doesn't hurt as bad. So much of our suffering and pain is not in the pain itself, but in thinking that we're the only one that we're just, I'm just fucking broken. I'm a mess. I don't know what I'm doing. Everyone else has it together. And I'm the one here feeling like this. But if you're not willing to share the parts of yourselves that feel broken, you never give yourself the opportunity to connect with others and realize that, wait, I was never alone in the first place. And you're not the only one that needs that. There are so many others who are so deeply craving that as well, that connection. I always tell my clients when they finally get to a place, there's always this turning point where they are finally ready to open up and share something with me they're ashamed about. And I always feel closer to them. And it makes me almost love them more. And I know it's not possible to really love them more, but I'm able to love a new part of them that I wasn't able to see before. When we share our humanness with others, the parts of us that feel broken, when we share it, that's our humanness. We give others permission to be human as well. We give these parts of ourselves a chance, an opportunity to receive love, to be fully seen and witnessed. And we give others permission to be exactly as they are. Fully as they are without needing to change or hide anything. This is why we need sisterhood, community, and connection. I don't connect with perfection. I don't want a coach or a mentor or a client or a friend or anyone who's got it all together. Cause I know no one does. I don't, anyone who's, I don't want anyone who's operating, operating under that facade. I want someone who is fully grounded in their humanness. No more ascending into these perfect, perfect spiritual beings and meditating all day long. And no, I'm sick of seeing that. We don't need to ascend. We need to descend into ourselves, to ground into our humanness, to reconnect with our humanness. We are here to be human, not to leave our human bodies and to become masters or whatever (laughs) we think is going to happen if we become a perfect spiritual person. No, you're a human. And there are so many other humans that are hurting the same exact way as you with your same fears, your same worries, and your deepest, deepest, deepest rooted shame. There are so many other people out there who are feeling that same shame. Your expression, your vulnerable expression is not just healing for yourself. It's healing for the whole damn world. Parts of you that feel broken, they're not something to be ashamed of or embarrassed of. There is power in unleashing those parts of yourself. And when I say unleashing, I don't mean that you have to embody those parts of yourself, but no longer pushing them away. And I also don't mean you to put it on display for the whole world to see, like I sometimes do in my podcast. But maybe just in small ways, sharing it with someone, sharing it with a mentor or in a trusted sisterhood or a trusted friend. Vulnerably sharing our shame is healing in ways I cannot describe in words. This is why this work cannot be done alone. I don't believe that shame can just be always, sometimes, but not always healed on its own or integrated on its own. We need each other for this. It's part of why I do the work I do. That's why I love doing one-on-one mentorship. That's why I love leading sisterhoods. That's why I'm launching a new sisterhood this year. We're not meant to walk this path alone. Okay. Next lesson. It couldn't have been any other way. That thing that you regret, that you can't stop thinking about, like why didn't I just do it this way? It could not have been any other way. 
Let me give you an example. Let's use money. Money is always an easy one because everyone most likely has some regrets around money. Let's say you made a bunch of money 10 years ago, five years. Let's say you won the lottery and you actually spent it all and you went into debt. And now you're like, well, I could actually, if I just invested that, I would have millions of dollars instead of having to work all the time. And you can't let go of that regret of how could I be so stupid? But here's the thing. Even if you hadn't spent all that money on, well, I don't know, in this imaginary story, let's say you spent the lottery money on yachts <laughs> and then you went bankrupt and they were taken away. Even if you had invested that money, you would have eventually lost it in a different way. It could not have been any other way. You are where you are now because you are meant to be where you are now. You were not a match for that money. You could have done all the things right. You could have read the right books and done everything quote unquote right. I believe that you would still be where you are now. Because your internal world, your body, you didn't have the capacity to hold that amount of money, no matter what choices you made. And that wasn't your fault. That has nothing to do. I mean, it does have something to do with you, but it's not your fault. That wasn't in your conscious awareness. That was probably passed down from generations. A lot of us are born with karmic patterns that yes, we're here to break in this lifetime, But when we didn't know they were there, they were still controlling our reality. So stop being so hard on yourself. Stop expecting past versions of you to have acted with the current awareness that you have now. It couldn't have been any other way. This goes the same for relationship regrets, for any regrets. Life has a funny way of coming back around. It's not as simple as I shouldn't have spent that money in that way. It's not as simple as I should have told that person the truth or I should have fought harder for them or if I had only done that one thing, we would still be together or I would still have the money or my life would be so much better. Uh Uh-uh. It could not have been any other way. You're exactly where you're meant to be. And holding on to that hate for the decisions that you made, that old version of yourself, is simply holding you back. You can let go of that now. You can forgive yourself for not acting on all the things you didn't know back then. She was doing the absolute best she could at that time, and it couldn't have been any other way, even if someone had been there to tell her, differently you're where you are now for a reason it was all preparing you for where you're going okay next lesson is the process of growing wings hurts growing wings is how we describe the rebirth stage after the void right we break down into mush in the cocoon then when we come out we grow wings and growing wings hurts it's easy to think, oh, when I'm outside of the other side of these, when I'm on the other side of these problems and issues, I'm going to feel better. Life's going to be perfect. There's still growing pains. Even if you, you feel like you're on the other side of something difficult in your life, it's okay if you're still wobbling. The wings might still fail you sometimes. It's going to take time to build up their strength. They're a little bit weak right now and you're not used to them. It's okay if you fall or feel like you're regressing or stumble along the way. You're never going to get to the point where you're just smooth sailing all the time and everything feels good and you're always happy. And I feel like we're all unconsciously reaching toward that, even if we say we aren't. Every obstacle, challenge, failure, every stumble is bringing you closer to God. Okay, getting toward the end here, but next lesson Once you own your desires, life will rearrange and support. But I see so many people who are afraid of their desires, afraid of owning them. They're not fully claiming them. They're like, well, I think I want this, but also I'm scared. 
Or I think I want this, but I don't know. If the desire is on your heart, it's on your heart for a reason. That reason might not be that the desire is meant to fall into your lap today. You may never even get that specific desire. But there's something in the process of you fully owning and following that desire that you are meant to experience. And some people claim to be so stuck, but they're not actually stuck. They're just unwilling to move. It's so easy. I mean, divine timing gets so much damn blame. And you know what? Sometimes it is divine timing, but oftentimes it's not. Sometimes it's just fear. Are you willing to fully own the desires that are on your heart, regardless of how much they make sense, how ridiculous they sound, your fear of falling flat on your face or failing or whatever the excuse is? Until you fully own it, claim it, and embody it, life will not be able to move around you in support of where you're meant to be going. Okay, I think this is the last one. Betraying and abandoning yourself will always manifest externally. Oftentimes, we create this subconscious addiction to abandonment. It's what feels comfortable. It's what's known to us because we experience it at such a young age. And so without knowing it, we actually create and attract abandonment in our lives because it's what feels most comfortable to us. We know how to navigate abandonment because we've been there so many times. But when we feel that someone else is abandoning us in our realities, it's an invitation to feel our own self-abandonment. And that doesn't release them from their own wrongdoing. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm not going to go there in this episode. We create external reflections of the ways in which we don't want to face how we are already treating ourselves so that we have no other option but to feel it in real time. And oftentimes, of course, the abandonments, the abandonments we experience in reality are much bigger than the ways we're abandoning ourselves. But sometimes when we're unwilling to look at the ways that we're abandoning ourselves, the external abandonments seem to get bigger and bigger and bigger until we're forced to feel it. You will never get away with betraying and abandoning yourself without feeling it. It will always be reflected back to you. It's not because there's something wrong with you or you're broken or no one could ever love you. It's simply an invitation to look at all of the ways you've been abandoning the parts of yourself in the name of not being abandoned externally. But most often it's the things we do to stop ourselves from pain, from being abandoned or betrayed or not loved that actually end in us being betrayed or abandoned in the end. That was probably my biggest lesson of this year. No more self-betrayal, no more self-abandonment, even in the tiniest of ways. Speaking of abandonment and betrayals, you don't need that person's closure or apology. Whoever it was that you felt hurt by in 2022, whether it was a partner, a lover, a friend, anyone, a family member, you don't need the closure or the apology, and you also don't need them to understand how badly they hurt you. There seems to be this deep, almost desperate desire when we're deeply hurt by someone that we love. And even especially when we're blindsided by that hurt, that we just want them to feel our pain. We want them to understand how bad we're hurting. So that, you know, I don't know. So maybe they can feel bad or maybe if they just saw how bad it was hurting, you know, they love me so much. They must not realize how bad I'm hurting because they wouldn't have done this. If they could just see. You don't need to make them understand how bad they hurt you. They either know when they don't care or they don't have the capacity to hold it, to face it, to witness it, to be with that truth. You don't need their understanding as a permission slip to heal. Give yourself the gift of no longer waiting for that person's understanding, apology, or closure. Let them be exactly as they are. 
you don't need anyone's permission or anything from anyone to move forward, to heal. And I think one of my biggest lessons was that every in every way I've ever been hurt, betrayed, abandoned, All of that had been projected onto God. All of that had to be faced this year. Like you want to heal your relationship with money, with men, with love. You can't do any of that without God. Without healing our relationship with the divine masculine. With the father figure. The father wounds. We can't attract the unions, the unconditional love that we desire and the abundance. We can't attract any of it effortlessly without witnessing and being with and integrating the parts of us that are distrusting of men, of the masculine, of money, of God, of father figures. And of course we're distrusting. So many of us have been hurt so many times. that we no longer have an excuse for not doing this work. This year, I just really feel this is a collective calling to be coming back home to ourselves, to God, and to be doing this healing work. It's, it's no longer just about manifesting our dream lives so we can travel the world or making more money. It's so much deeper than that. This is the work that has changed my entire reality, every, every bit of it. In 2022, the work that is opening our hearts. And actually, that leads me into the biggest lesson. Actually, this is the biggest lesson I had to learn and integrate. You don't need to give to receive. You also don't need to earn to receive or prove to receive. You do not need to give in order to receive. You just have to open your heart so that there is spaciousness to receive. All right. I could probably go on with like a hundred more lessons. Twenty, I mean, 2022 was filled with them, <laughs> uh, but I'm going to end it there. That feels complete. And I did want to share that I am enrolling for rebirth right now. The first few spots are already filled. It's going to be a three month container starting end of January. It's going to be a really intimate sisterhood. I'm going to be recording for the first time in years, healing meditations again. And, and I'm going to do it specifically for the woman and the energy in the container to really get connected to our bodies, our wombs, our hearts, to do the kind of deep healing that cannot be done on a conscious level. There's going to be calls together every month, a couple of months. We are going to have Voxer support, but I'm not going to just, I don't want to talk about this for 10 minutes, but if if you feel the call, you're going to know because I know that this group of souls has already contracted to be together. We've probably already walked many lifetimes together. So your soul will know if you feel that call and something else, a lesson I didn't share. I don't know if it's a lesson. It's more of a knowing that a lot of our gifts are coming online. Ones that we've pushed away and hidden since childhood. One of mine that really came online this year was my voice. When as a child, I used to hate my voice really, really hate it. I just, I don't even remember why, if there was a specific experience, but I always was embarrassed of my voice. And now the, I think I repressed for a, a long time, the healing power that came with my voice. And I now know that this is one of my greatest gifts, my voice. And there is a healing capacity to my voice. And I do have a unique healing capacity with that I transmit to you through my podcast. And also it's even more potent with my clients and my meditations. There's a reason that they're so powerful for people. It's my voice. And I've had many people actually comment on the shift in my energy and my voice in the past few months, which is interesting because I really do feel that that gift, the healing capacity in my voice is coming back online, which I'm really excited about. And proud of. And, uh, I share that because there may be gifts of yours that are coming back online and just 
be aware, be conscious, just notice. If you notice yourself thinking or noticing in moments that something is coming online or it feels more powerful or, or you just have this innate knowing, trust yourself. All of us who are doing this work, who are kind of willing to face these death and rebirth portals, we're being reborn energetically and spiritually speaking as a more full and whole version of ourselves. We're reclaiming the parts of ourselves that have been pushed away, lost, repressed. And when that happens, a lot of our gifts, not just healing gifts, but gifts of all kinds that have been pushed away because they didn't fit into society, they're coming back online this year and especially right now. So just be aware of that within yourself and stay present with your body and just be really gentle with yourself as well as you may need more sleep, rest and rejuvenation during this time. And I also wanted to say that I am feeling two one-on-one clients right now. I can feel your energy so deeply. I So I'm opening the two spaces for one-on-one mentorship to start the new year, three-month mentorship containers. I'm also going to open one six-month for someone who I've actually never opened a six-month one-on-one container, but it feels right. I know it feels right because there's someone out there who's ready for it. So if you have a call to one-on-one support with me mentorship, the link is in the show notes to apply for Rebirth, the sisterhood, if you're craving sisterhood, or for one-on-one mentorship with me, the links are in the show notes or in my bio on Instagram, or you can always DM me on Instagram at Pursuit of Bliss with an underscore. And as always, if you feel called to, if my podcast has ever touched you in any way, if you could please take just a moment or two to leave me an honest review on iTunes. Maybe you hate the podcast. You can also write that, Uh, or maybe you love it, or maybe you're neutral, but it means the world to me when you share how you feel and it helps the podcast to grow and to reach more people. And it really does help me a lot. And it brings me so much joy. I do read every single one personally. So If you feel so called, I would be very grateful and I am going to leave it at that and I will speak to you all next week. Hope you have a beautiful day.